Hi, everybody. This week is a little bit different for us. I am actually in the same physical space with my friend and online business manager, Summer Zifko. She's out on the West Coast for a few days, and we thought we would sit down and do this week's podcast together. And we've been spending a lot of time working together, and one of the things that we often remark on is how important it is to actually do the work when it's necessary to do the work rather than delaying. And we're going to talk a little bit about what does doing the work mean? But first, Summer, I just want to say thanks. I'm glad you made the 3,000-mile trek out to be with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to see a different part of the United States. I can't say I've ever been to Nevada before, and uh, now I get to check this one off my list. No, we want you to say check it, check the box. Check the box. That you've been out here. <laughs> and it was fun to take you up to, to Lake Tahoe last night where we had some big high winds, so it looked more like ocean Tahoe. Beautiful, nonetheless. And gorgeous. So, Summer, let's let's talk a little bit about what does it mean to do the work. When you hear that, what, what comes up for you? I think so oftentimes in life, we are putting a lot of demands on ourselves, which means demands on our time. And so we look for workarounds. Sometimes we take the easy way out and we don't necessarily do the hard part of the work. And what that does is that affects us in the long run. It, it takes up our time and our energy. And instead of just tackling the problem and, and coming up with the permanent solution right there on the spot, we tend to put it off and we use a workaround. And I can tell you that has come to bite me in the butt many, many times. <laughs> I know. I think about, it reminds me of that story about the, um, the guy, and I'm going to paraphrase this, and I'm going to paraphrase it poorly, but it reminds me of the story of the person walking with a pebble in their shoe and they keep walking and pretty soon they they actually forget they have the pebble, but they kind of have a limp and they're limping and they start slowing their pace. And finally it dawns on them because someone asks them, what's the problem? And they say, well, I have this dang pebble in my shoe and it so it slows me down and my foot's, you know, hurts and now I'm my hips are out of alignment. And the person asks, well, why don't you just take your shoe off, take the pebble out? That's kind of when you're talking about the short solution, you know, that's a very quick fix. And I know for me, I'm guilty of thing. If I just work five more minutes or 10 more minutes at the same problem, I can fix it when actually that isn't fixing the problem. It's just persisting in the problem. Completely agree. Yeah. And I think for folks who didn't listen to our very first podcast, they might not know your background or who you are. I mentioned that you're um, my online business manager, which doesn't say anything really about all that you do and how we work together. But I would say one of your key strengths is that you are very adept at finding the pebbles in mm -hmm. my shoes to say, I think there might be a different way of doing this. Tell us a little bit about you and your business and how you think about those kinds of things. Well, the problem there is that because I'm working for my clients, I rarely take time to analyze myself and the things that I could be doing better or differently. So primarily, I'm focused on my client work. So when I'm working with my clients and they are, you know, across the country, they all have different personalities, different needs, um, you know, different business requirements. 
I actually have to, you know, manage them all in different ways. And so this kind of goes back to doing the work. I have to do the work individually, specifically for each client in the way that they need it done. So if I don't take time up front to figure out and solve that problem at that time, I'm really doing a disservice to my clients and, you know, wasting valuable time. And we all know that as our number one commodity nowadays. So essentially, I help entrepreneurs, uh, professional speakers, authors, coaches, those folks that don't necessarily have a brick and mortar building, but they still need that back end support. That's what I provide to folks. And I, I do do my best to be the, the solution to their problem. My tagline is challenge taker, magic maker. So that's what I try to always be. And one of the things that we're doing in this conversation is we're just kind of talking so that I want folks to know that we actually don't have a planned script for you all, but I, I'm going to share and, and talk a little bit about how Summer has helped me find some pebbles. And Summer, what I really appreciated that you just said was how hard it is for us to sometimes be objective about our own experience. Like you said, you're focused on your clients, making sure that you adapt and provide for them in the way that works for them. It does make it difficult to know even if we're taking time for ourselves as business owners, right? This wasn't that long ago that I had this conversation with Summer. So I'm, I have three or four different major projects going on. I'm on my way to do a training at a conference. I have just accepted another job. My husband's running for office. And all of a sudden I realize that I'm not sleeping. I don't feel... Like I'm actually focused very well. And I know what feeling focused and on target feels like. All I know is I'm not feeling that. So I'm up in the air. I don't have Wi-Fi at the moment, but I compose an email for Summer that says, I need 10 minutes. Can we talk? <laughs> and that was basically my SOS call to say, I need you to find the pebbles in my shoe. And so while I was on the plane, I'm writing a list like this and this and this needs done. And I know my priorities are A, B, and C. And so I basically got 10 minutes with Summer. And she said, okay, just give me the list. So I'm given the list, not explaining very much. And I said, and she goes, what else? And I says, well, oh my God, this is the least important thing. But I don't even have time to cook good meals for us anymore. And I can't tell you what that's like to not have healthy food. And she goes, okay. So she goes, let's talk on Monday, but here's some short-term things. And I mean, it was a long list I gave you, Summer. <laughs> so Monday morning on our normal check-in call, Summer says, okay, we're going to start at the bottom of your list. I know you think it's the least important, but self-care needs to be up there. And here are some solutions for you, right? So she didn't fix anything for me. She just gave me options and solutions, which all of a sudden I started going, oh, crud, that is so smart. It's easy. It takes a load off my mind. I'm able to just go, okay, I'm not even going to think about that anymore. Let's think about the other thing. So that was an example and really just a tiny example of taking a pebble out of my shoe. So I didn't have to beat myself up about not being able to have time to prepare meals and to get back to focusing and becoming more what I needed to do. So Summer, what's an example for you of, can you even think of a pebble in your shoe? Well, let's back up just a second. On your example, I want to bring a secondary um, kind of life lesson to light here. You had struggled with this for so long. I mean, probably weeks 
to the point where you were stressing and not focusing on the things you needed to be focusing on. If you had sent out that SOS a few weeks sooner, you would have had the same options from me, but you would have saved yourself a couple weeks of grief and mulling over what you're going to do. So life lesson, when you're struggling, reach out right away. Don't hesitate. Don't delay. It's not going to get any better just frustrating yourself over thinking about what you're going to do. Resources are your friend. You know what? And I think that's a good point of asking for help. And as independent women, and especially people who are used to running their own business or Mm -hmm. doing things, that's what I meant. Like we often think that just spending more time and energy on it, we can fix it. We can solve it. We're the problem solvers. Except that our thinking is what got us where we were, and, and that's that's all we have. And our change of perspective needs to probably be influenced by an outside source. So, right. Thank you for that gentle chiding, and so welcome to my world, you guys. This is why we work so well together. Summer has a nice way of saying, mm-hmm, that's a good idea, but um, maybe we should look at it this way. Now, back to you. Yes, ma'am. Um, I do have pebbles in my shoe, but the problem is, is... Like I said before, I'm typically not focused on me. I'm focused on others. And even though it is my business, my business is serving others. So a lot of times I just accept those pebbles. I become complacent and I I just am conveniently inconvenienced. And I'm not sure that I even think about it a second time. And so when you asked me this question, I did have to take a second, which is what I was just doing now. I can honestly say that one of my faults is the workaround because that's my mode of operation is I I like to put out fires. I like to be the person that, that fixes it right now and gives you the solution so we can move forward. I do that to myself, and it is definitely detrimental at times. It's self-sabotaging. Here's my example. I work with maybe a dozen clients over the course of a year. They all have different needs. They all have different time requirements on me. But when I'm working for each, I'm working as efficiently and as quickly as I can. And so... For example, I get a file that I need to save. And instead of saving it where I'm supposed to, in the file folder with a nice little label and time and date stamp and all of that, I tend to just save it to my desktop because it's quick and easy. And I'll go, I know where it is. I'll find it later. Or I'll, I'll put it where it's supposed to be later. Well, guess what? Later comes, but later is a 911 where I need that file yesterday. And now I'm frantically looking for it, stressing out, probably taking 10 times the amount of time it would have taken me just to put it where it belonged in the first place. Don't do as I do. Take the extra two minutes and allocate your resources and do the job the right way the first time and save yourself the grief. So that is one of my favorite things is to have um, file structure set up ahead of time. Sometimes I have too many and I'm going, okay, does that belong in this or this? You're exactly right that the two minutes on the front end of setting that up and really taking time to think through, okay, this is who I'm working with. What are their unique needs? How am I going to need to communicate or follow up? And structuring that at the front end makes it really fast as I go. But more importantly, the more you have going on or the more I have going on, when someone says, remember we did this? And I'm thinking, no clue. (laughs) I mean, I remember doing it, but I don't 
I don't remember exactly what we said. Mm-hmm. And if I've taken that few minutes up front, I can go back and retrieve it. And I, I take really insanely detailed clues for myself, and I've been so grateful. And the times that I haven't, or I've only done it on a loose pe- piece of paper, and I yes. have not scanned it and saved it somewhere I can grab it electronically, I've really thought, you know better than Those loose pieces of paper will be the death of me. They, I mean, they accumulate, and then the one that you're looking for is never at the top of the pile. I feel so great when I do those tiny little things and I, in my head, I just don't think about them anymore. It's done. It's over. The other thing is once I've made a decision, it's the same thing. It's like, I don't want to have to touch it and do it twice. Let's just make the decision. If I need more time to research it, that's fine. But once I finally say this is the decision, then unless there's really compelling reasons to back up, I just move on. Because it's self-defeating to back up. So I'm going to tell you, this sounds really basic, but I do this when it's time to like clean my closet and I am not good at this. I've had many friends coach me that say you should do this every six months and every six months I go, I'm not going to do it. But I have gotten good (laughs) at saying when I touch something saying that's going in the donate pile and I have a bag that I put stuff in so I can launder it before I donate. That piece of just saying, once I've touched it and it's in that bag, it does not come out of the bag ever. I don't care. Even if it takes me a year to get the bag cleaned and donate it, it's in there. I made the decision and it's staying there. That has helped. And I know it sounds really off topic for business, but it's those little tiny things that help. I have a similar story on the whole donating clothes things. Um, My husband calls me a semi-hoarder, and I know that that's not true. He's just very minimalist, and and I like my things. Well, women like clothes, right? So (laughs) I have a much bigger closet than he does, and he gets frustrated because he runs out of room. And so what I do is I take clothes out and I put them in a pile with full intention of going through them at some point when I have some downtime, right? (laughs) Whenever we have that happen. And in the interim, my husband sees a pile of clothes and goes, oh, I'll try to be helpful today. I'm going to do some laundry. So he grabs the pile of clothes along with our regular real clothes and he washes them all together. If I would have just followed through initially and put those clothes in a bag and tied them up somewhere and put them in the corner, they would not have been washed by my husband, saving time, energy, water, all of that. But now I have to go through donated clothes, my daughter's clothes, my husband's clothes, and then separate them all again into the correct piles. So I've just made a whole lot more work for myself on the back end. Whereas if I would have devoted an extra two minutes on the front end, I would have alleviated that issue in my life. I know I'm never going to be perfect. I have a sister who is like so organized and I so admire her for that. And I finally realized I'm always going to admire her. I am never going to be her. (laughs) And, And I have a higher tolerance. I'm teaching myself to have a higher tolerance for things not being perfect in my house. Having a child in my house has taught me that. The whole, you know, fingerprints on the walls and the (laughs) dirt on the floor. Those got to go. But I can live with dog hair and cat hair. (laughs) Fingerprints, they got to go. I'll bring my daughter over. She can help you get over the fingerprint issue. (laughs) She'll train me. I would love for you to do that. So Summer, let's wrap on this. And just, um, I know when you think about all of this, 
And I, I do hear what you're saying, that it's hard to self-monitor yourself when you're the person doing it. But over time, do you have any little things that you do to help keep yourself on track? Well, it all comes down to the fact that you have to put in the work. There's no way around that. Either you put in the work on the front or you put in a lot more work on the back end. The temporary solution is never going to be the resolution. So it's just a matter of reminding yourself of that fact, reminding yourself that you're going to save time, energy, mental stress, because all of those things wear on us day to day. They steal our joy, really. And so you remind yourself, you put in the work, and at the end, you'll have more joy. Very good. I'm not sure I can even add to that. I would just say that for me, I often have to say, well, we always feel, I mean, especially me, that I have never done enough. I can never do enough, but it's always going to be there tomorrow when I wake up. Right. So my thing I do to help is I go, okay, I'm looking at that going, okay, when I wake up and come here tomorrow, is there one thing I wished wouldn't be waiting for me in the morning that I could do in the next five or 10 minutes? And if that answer is a yes, I do it because that is a huge quality of life thing for me. Because I recognize it when I start my next day, I'm going, right on, you kicked butt yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Because that one little thing is handled. It goes back to that old adage, though, don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. It rings true. It does ring true. So thanks. I don't know the next time I'll have you out here. Um, Hopefully sooner than later. Hopefully sooner than later, or vice versa, I'll come, I'll go east. Come on out. I might be tempted. All right. Well, thanks, Summer, and we'll do some more of these. You betcha. I'm all in. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.